Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Fighting for Our Future, a New Zealand Herald climate change special. I'm Emma Clark, your host, and joining me is Jamie Morton, our very own Herald science reporter and expert in the field of climate change. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello, Jamie. How you doing? So what exactly is climate change and what's causing this to happen? Yeah, we can think of climate change as the direct result of us putting carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. Uh, When we do, it acts to trap heat. Uh, Over time, this causes temperatures to go up. Uh, This is actually uh, basic physics that's been demonstrated in experiments that go all the way back to the 19th century. Uh, Since then, uh, our planet's average surface temperature has gone up by nearly about one degree. Uh, Most of that is down to what we humans have done, uh, driving our cars, flying our planes, uh, uh, building factories that pump the stuff out into the air. Uh, Most of that warming has actually happened in the last 35 years. Uh, That wouldn't be uh, any surprise to um, people that have uh, noticed how much hot or how hotter our summers have become over the last decade. In in actual fact, the five warmest years on record uh, have all taken place since 2010. Right, so it's sort of our activities accelerating the change. That's right, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, And now this isn't just a case of temperatures climbing. Um, It it means all sorts of knock-on impacts. That's everything from more extreme weather like big storms and droughts to rising seas uh, and acidified oceans. Right, so how how do we know this isn't part of the natural cycle? Because some people argue we've had our ice period and this is just our warming period now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, that's actually a good question, um, because it's true that the Earth's climate actually has changed throughout history. Um, just in the last 650,000 years, in fact, uh, there have been seven cycles of what we call glacier advance and retreat. Uh, and the abrupt end of the last ice age actually came about 7,000 years ago. Uh, since then, we've been living in uh, the modern climate era. Most of these climate changes um, have been attributed to very small variations in the Earth's orbit that change the amount of solar energy our planet receives. Uh, But scientific evidence for warming of the climate system we're in today is unequivocal. Uh, The current warming trend is of particular significance because most of it is extremely likely, uh, and by extremely likely, we're talking about a greater than 95% prob- probability uh, to be the result of human activity uh, all since the mid-20th century, and that's been proceeding uh, at a rate that is unprecedented. Uh, now, the uh, this theory of it being a natural cycle uh, that's constantly brought up by people that deny the science of climate change, uh, it's not the only theory that's kicking about there. And another one is the influence of sunspots you know, the the uh, solar influence, you know, all, all of these things, uh, they uh, basically be, have been constantly disproven, uh, yet we still have a lot of climate change deniers out there. Yeah, we've really got to take the blame for this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so what yeah. are the main changes we're seeing affecting the planet at the moment? Yeah, right. Well, we're seeing a record uh, record high temperatures yeah. uh, all, around the, all around the planet. These have been increasing. Uh, we've been see- been seeing uh, more severe heat waves. Uh, 
Case in point being the one that swept across Europe. Uh, that's led to quite a few deaths in France. Yeah, that's uh, a major one, yeah. Yeah, we're seeing more and more intense rainfall events. Um, now, in New Zealand, there haven't actually been um, many storms that have been studied for their direct links to climate change. That's not to say that these storms have actually happened. Um, they have. But it's just only a handful have actually been studied or analysed for their direct link to climate change. One was a, a big deluge in July 2014 that cost Northland millions of dollars in damage. Um, in, in terms of those more uh, apparent effects, uh, we only have to look to the Southern Alps. Um, they've lost about a third of their ice in just four decades and pictures that were released by Niwa after a flyover this year showed them looking pretty dirty and sad. Yeah, actually I visited the Fox and Franz Joseph glaciers at the start of this year and they've even got the signs up saying this is where the glacier was, even they're talking like 20 years ago and now it's retreated so far back and you can just see all the markers. It's pretty pretty sad to see. Yeah, I mean, there are very, um, there are very probable uh, scenarios in which we completely lose them by the end of the, end of the century. So maybe save them while you can. Yeah, so what as um, consumers, so we're responsible for our own choices and actions, but how can we make companies and policymakers listen to us? Right, um, well I'd suggest that um, people use whatever tools they can. Social media is a great way to influence companies, you know, just by tagging tagging them in or mentioning them in a, in, in a tweet or a, or in a Facebook post and asking them, what are you actually doing? Um, we can actually get out there uh, into the street. I mean, there are marches happening quite frequently now. Uh, the climate school marches were, were a good example. Uh, it's just about basically telling our elected leaders uh, that we really care about this stuff, that we need meaningful action. Uh, New Zealand's about to have a local body uh, council elections. Uh, that's a good opportunity for people to you know, really put the heat on some of these guys that are standing. And also, I, I read up on the Climate Coalition, so a few of the big companies have joined this coalition. Yeah. Yeah, and so it'd be pretty cool if you want to like research that. Um, that would be a pretty good way to show big companies your your choose to shop with ones that are trying to reduce emissions and maybe say no to the ones that really aren't putting any effort into reducing theirs. Yeah, well this 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 Climate Leaders Coalition is actually a good step forward. I mean, in the space of just a year since forming, uh, these guys have actually taken the equivalent of two hundred and sixty four thousand cars off the road. Um, these companies, they're, they're big players like Fonterra in New Zealand, Spark, uh, Westpac. They actually make up about two-thirds of our, our gross emissions. Um, at the same time, their emissions actually have increased since, since this, uh, this coalition was announced. But it, it's really in terms of what they're actually doing and the example that they're setting, doing things like you know, setting carbon budgets, um, just making companies really start thinking about uh, their carbon footprint and how they can reduce emissions. Yeah, well, any any change is better than no change, right? <laughs> sure, yeah, of course it is. So um, can we quickly touch on the zero carbon bill by 2050? Right. Yeah, so uh, the zero carbon bill, um, uh, that is going to be our, well, the centrepiece of our legislation around climate change. Um, uh, probably if I could provide a little bit more context, um, Back in 2015, uh, I was at Paris where about 200 countries, including New Zealand, 
signed what became the Paris Agreement. Um, so every country had to put forward, you know, they had to make a pledge or a promise in terms of what they were going to do to limit their emissions. Ours was to uh, draw back our emissions by uh, 30% below 2005 levels by by 2030. Uh, out of that conference, um, the the overall goal was to limit any future temperature rise to about two degrees of warming. Uh, but as an aside to that, there also became uh, this aspirational goal uh, to try to hold the line at about 1.5 degrees. Now that 1.5 degree uh, goal, um, whether that's realistic or not, is questionable because it would have to be achieved within the next two decades. Scientists say basically we just don't have enough time to uh, turn the ship around that quickly. Um, that goal nevertheless is the target of uh, the Zero Carbon Bill which is uh, soon due to become the Zero Carbon Act. Uh, so the upshot of this piece of legislation is that they want to get all greenhouse gases down to net zero by 2050. Uh, the only exception is biogenic methane. So you can think of that as you know the stuff that's belched and breathed from cows and sheep. And yeah, the, the gross animals. stuff. They're not so the pretty, gross. pretty part. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, the the argument here is is that um, it's it's a shorter lived gas, uh, and uh, that we should be attacking CO two as our as our main target. Now um, that biogenic methane would need to come down uh, by anywhere between twenty four to forty percent. Oh wow. Below 2017 levels by 2050, um, uh, but 10% of that um, reduction is going to have to come uh, mm. within the next decade. So it's still a big undertaking, and um, it's a it's going to be a big challenge for farmers. Um, and actually, I would argue that for New Zealand, that's going to be our biggest challenge: methane, because that makes up about a third of our emissions, and we still don't have any real way to uh, make cows stop burping it. Yeah, damn, that's a really tricky one. Yeah. Um, so what what will this actually look like for individuals and businesses? So there's obviously going to have to be a huge thought around how to reduce methane levels. But yep. for people outside the farming industry, what will trying to reach this zero carbon by 2050 look like? Yeah, um, well... For for, you know, for for your companies that actually uh, emit uh, a, a lot of carbon dioxide, it's going to mean they're going to have to make big changes to uh, green themselves, make themselves more sustainable. Um, for your mums and dads, your Kiwi families out there, um, yes, there is the implication of higher power prices. Um, now, the government has warned uh, that this could be coming down the line and they want this Zero Carbon Act to be designed so it doesn't disproportionately affect our, our poorer communities that are actually um, going to be bearing the brunt of climate change in more ways than one. Um, it could also mean that it costs more to fill up at the gas station or to buy an old uh, second-hand fossil fuel vehicle. Um, actually, uh, we can pretty much say that it is what's going to happen. You know, it's, it's, it's going to cost more to fill up your car, and if you want to go buy like a 1998 Corona, like I've got, <laughs> uh, that's going to yeah, that, that's that's going to be a bit more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. All things that make a lot of sense. It's just going to be changing yeah. uh, line of thought regarding. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, essentially, they want us all to be uh, living more sustainably, yet. How we actually go about doing that, it's not so straightforward because, you know, you and me can't go out and 
buy a, a $60,000 electric vehicle. Exactly, exactly. Yep, yep. We are going to touch on some things throughout <laughs> yep. this um, podcast series that individuals can do very easily and for no cost at all. So there's going to be some hope in this series. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so I guess just really, yeah, so we're going to get that hope out. But do you have any like takeaway thoughts about what we can do as individual individuals getting policymakers and companies to listen to us? So just like a roundup of sort of what we talked about. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, well, I would say uh, um, basically get on social media, l- lobby people, get out onto the streets in March, uh, find find out how you can contact all of these candidates that are, that are going to be standing in local elections and ask them what, what is it that they're going to be doing about climate change. Do the same at the next general election. You know, we, we need to be basically putting this at the front and centre uh, of of public life. Yeah, for sure. So pretty much annoy people until they listen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then just look at your own house. Look at uh, look at how you can make your own household uh, more sustainable. You know, just look at how much power you're using. Uh, uh, look at how you can recycle better. Have a think about how much red meat you're eating. You know, all, all these little changes when added up over an entire country, can go a long way and make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jamie, for joining me and just providing sort of the basics around climate change, what we need to know to now embark on our journey. (laughs) Sure. Okay. Thank you. Cool. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Bye.